are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. The best in the business is back in business. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. We have a very special episode this week because we have a very special episode every week, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we do, I want to talk to you about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. Hey, you are an above-average fantasy football player, so you'll likely be interested in a new challenge this upcoming season. Check out Dynasty Owner. They've added a new strategic twist to fantasy football by incorporating the business of football into their game. This is because their salary cap dynasty format is based on real NFL salaries and is such a difference maker that they actually have a patent on it. You know how hard it is to get a patent? It's not easy. So they did it. For example, to assigning his $30 million contract doesn't matter much in most leagues, but in Dynasty Owner, could his $7.5 million per year make him more attractive than Russell Wilson at $35 million? I would think so. Dynasty Owner leagues are forming soon from people who have been on their wait list, but there's a limited number of franchises made available at any given time. Get on the wait list for an invitation by visiting DynastyOwner.com and click on Start My Dynasty. When you visit DynastyOwner.com, please let them know that we sent you. That helps us out. You'll be able to join leagues with cash prize pools or just play for the love of the game. And after you join the wait list, you can test out our mock draft and see how using real NFL salaries changes. Players' rankings, draft strategy, and roster construction. Dynasty Owner also recently released their new mobile app on iOS and Android. Hopefully it's better than MFLs. Join the waitlist and download the app. That was a perfect <laughs> read-through, like always. So getting to the bulk of our show today, we are welcoming in our very own Chevin Nooney. What's good, Chev? What is up, boys? I cannot <laughs> wait to chat about Sleeper. Why? I mean, uh... <laughs> and uh, also joining us from a new location with a beautifully new shaved face, we have our very own Nate Christian. What's up, Nate? Hey, I'm coming from my in-laws' basement this week. It's always a different place. <laughs> still got, still got the lamp though, right? Still got the lamp. Perfect. Always and forever. Love it. And last but certainly not least, from the Rewind crew, we have Porkman. What's up, Porkman? Not much, man. It's just a great week. I know you told me we got the same uh, curtains, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think so. I need, and, uh... I need to feel the texture of the curtains to verify that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just come by next week. You're good. I and uh, just excited I got that Scott Fishbowl invite, so I'm pretty hyped about that. Yes, congratulations, Porkman. Yeah. You and welcome I welcome to the team, baby. That's we are time. going Thanks, to bro. be repping the rewind hard. And here he is. Here's our guest. So the return of our first ever guest on the Dynasty Rewind. Go back and listen if you like. Uh, we have Mr. Bob Long. Bob, how are we tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, honored that I was the first guest and honored to be back. So that means I did something right the first time. That's good. <laughs> you know that the last that last time you were on was great um i'd actually been meaning to get you back on since then but you know preparing for the season you understand how it goes you're a busy right. man because what we are uh talking about tonight if you can see it is the fantasy football consistency guide 2020 so yes that's right bob i might have to mail this to you um, just so I could get it signed because so let's just touch on this first. So my old plan, I'm a nerd. We all know that we're all fantasy football players, so yeah, we're, we're all kind of nerdy. There we are. I was planning yeah. on meeting up with Bob at the fantasy football yeah, expo I and know. getting 
getting it signed. Is what he was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> like, Mike, <laughs> he was so excited about the getting it signed. It's <laughs> freaking internet party. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, he'll be back. But okay, yeah, so, I was so glad right. to so, have you. All right, we're taking over. Glad you here. Yeah, he'll be back. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, glad to have you here. No, you know, I'm right sure where he was heading was the whole pretty awesome. football expo. Oh, look, he came back. Oh, that my internet decided to do whatever it wants. hey Okay, there so he goes. sorry. Like I was saying, who who took over hosting while I was gone? By the way, we all did. Oh, we all did. <laughs> hey, great. It was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so I got the fantasy football consistency guide 2020 here. This is a lot of stuff right here. But Bob, Thank you. so we'll just touch on this real quick. Um, my whole goal was to have you sign it for me at the right. fantasy football expo, yeah. which unfortunately has been canceled yeah um, sadly all of that stuff the uh, king's classic we're going to have to do online this year but we're going to continue it and it will continue but we're already set so set your social calendars next year august 14th and 15th it will be king's classic and basically the fantasy football's greatest weekend can ohio you won't want to miss this everybody's got to come to town we're all going to be there it's going to be a great time so set your calendars next year august 14th and 15th 2021 15th all so right, that. there you go. As long as uh, we all make it to 2021 with the way yeah, things have been yeah, going well, on, murder <laughs> hornets, and you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's been a little crazy. So yeah. um, alien abductions will come next. It's all it's all part of the fun. Well, yeah, we're the year's only halfway over. <laughs> yeah, so yeah we, we got plenty of time. There's plenty of time for that. Want to say hi to everybody watching. Our good friend Sean, Frank, and Neil. Neil, haven't talked to you in a while. Very good to uh, see you guys again. So thank you for tuning in. Some other people. Uh, looks like we have about five people watching right now. So if you want to say hey, just jump in the comments and we will fit you in. Bob, what are you drinking over there? All right. I don't want to sound girlish here, but <laughs> it's my new favorite drink. Uh, I have to have two. Um, I, I love orange drink, like pop and stuff. Well, I'm a big Captain Morgan guy. Captain Morgan has come out with a Captain Morgan orange and vanilla. So you mix that with orange soda. It's basically an alcoholic dreamsicle, and you can literally drink it like water. It's fantastic. Well, that's not good. Yeah. Now, this one, though, though there is one change. So this, though, is the Jim Beam peach bourbon or whiskey, Ooh. whatever it is, with orange soda. So that's a peach and orange flavor. So it's kind of my summer drinks right now. I mix between the two, but uh, yeah, it's it goes down real easy. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Bob, um, message me your wife's phone number. So when okay. you fall over at the end of the episode, I'll text her and say, hey, go go pick <laughs> this, up Bob. This is only my third, dude. I'm, I'm like oh. halfway there. We're good. <laughs> well, only you're, drink, <laughs> you're drinking that. I'm drinking straight out the bottle. Yeah, this guy's I'm drinking like... straight Jack Dayton is out of the bottle, so I don't want to, yeah. So I think well, he's going to fall first. For me. So I'm hoping to get another sponsorship here. With, with the pork if anyone from Lion's Head is watching, <laughs> What's that? basically all I drink. So sponsor us, please, Lion's Head. Yes, please. Yes. Just send us free beer. So, <laughs> free all right, Bob, so I got this consistency guide in the mail. Now, I know that it's available both in print, which I prefer, and it's also available um, digitally, correct? Right, sure. Yeah, okay. so you can get it one of two ways. I always recommend this because most people do like the printed copy. I mean, I put out an e-copy or a Kindle copy on, uh, on Amazon. And like last year, I sold 3,000 copies. I bet you I sold 2,800, maybe 2,900 of them were, were hard copies. Only about okay. 100 were, were a Kindle. For now, a lot of people do where if you buy the hard copy, you can get the Kindle version for free. So if you're, you know, if you want to take it with you on vacation, you don't want to cover, carry the book, you can do that. Um, but I always recommend buying the book first on Amazon. And then the cool thing is at the bottom of every page in the guide is a uh, 
coupon code that you can go to the website and for only $10 for the rest of the season, you get full access to the website, all the updates to the guide, the tier draft list, uh, access to the consistency report where you can put in the scoring method for your leagues. It gives you the most consistent players from last year for your scoring method. All that stuff is there. Plus, if you remember last year, we added the prop bet consistency tool. So if you're into prop betting, you can actually see how consistently the guys are hitting their prop bet numbers based on the defenses and the home away, all that kind of great stuff. All of that's there. It's only 10 more dollars. So I always feel that's the best way to do it. Okay. Um, so just kind of diving into this. First of all, you get it. And this thing is it's pretty heavy. For it's 160 pages, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I'm like, what the hell did I order? I don't remember it <laughs> last year, but yeah. um, you yeah, just same pages you flip through. Um, I mean, it is just Bob, how long does it take you to write this? Like, this is do you start right when the season ends? Yes. I mean, I do okay. basically when the regular season ends, I start accumulating all the data, the Excel stuff, create all of the player profiles, Excel's. Uh, so they can plug them in and then, you know, get everything kind of ready um, for the draft. Now, this year I did something that I never had done because everybody were bored out of their asses during COVID time in March and said, Bob, how soon can you get this guide out? We're bored. We need something to read. So I got it out by August, uh, April 4th which normally I get it done like May 1st because I wait till after the draft ends, but I got it out. Um, and so it took me, you know, I basically worked very heavily for about three months there to get it all done. Got it out real early April, then updated right after the draft for the draft players, you know, kind of where they're fitting into the teams, how that may affect other players on that team. And then, you know, keep it up to date, you know, every couple of weeks now during the season, nothing much going on right now, but, you know, as we get closer to, training camps and, you know, seeing who's going to do what, you know, updated pretty much on a weekly basis. And then those updates, of course, are on the website. So even if you do buy it online, you can still get the PDF to kind of fill in those pages that have changed. But yeah, that's pretty much how I put it together. You know, it takes about, like I said, about three months to kind of really get it all together because everything's kind of done manually and put into the PDF to send out to Amazon to get printed. I mean, that, that's crazy. That is a lot of work. So I'm um, definitely, I recommend going out and um, picking up a copy, but I did notice. Um, so one of the things I think is funny, you have standard league consistency in here um, for the 10 or so people that still play, you know, so here's the funny thing. Uh, a couple of years ago, I sent out an email to everybody who had bought the book and, you know, kind of just asking for recommendations. And I had a number of people that said, must've been all 10 of them that play <laughs> that. Will you please <laughs> do something for standard leagues? And I said, okay. So uh, I had a friend uh, then uh, uh, Jason or Justin um, that did it for me. Now Aaron pegs uh, took it over this year. And, you know, you know, I, again, there's some people out there and there must, there must be at least, all right, there's 20, but they obviously enjoy it. I get always a lot of thank yous. Hey, thanks, man, for, you know, helping us as standard league folks. And so that'll be due. And it, and it, you know, to be honest with you, you don't see much in it that doesn't shock you. You know, yeah, James White drops off drastically. You know, I mean, right. <laughs> the stuff that you expect to see, you know, the, uh, but, you know, it's, it's good to know that. And if you play in a standard league just by accident, um, then you used to have that data <laughs> available to you. Yeah. 
It, it is always good to know. Um, so we do have some key terms in here, and I could read them or you could go through them, whatever you want to do. So uh, we have clutch game, which every time I see CG, I always screw up and think complete game. Um, just <laughs> yep, think baseball. baseball. I say, unless you're, unless you're a baseball <laughs> geek, that's the only way you know that, right? And then we have clutch factor, clutch rate, expected clutch rate, and then we have some uh, good defense, average defense, and I think we have another one. Uh, let's see. We have X consistency. Is that – that's another one, right? Right. So – I'm going to just go through these real quick. Go through for real Bob. quick. So the basic thing is you want to start with is the clutch factor. What the clutch factor is is that number, that fantasy points per game that a, a player at their position has to earn over to earn a clutch game. And the more clutch games you earn, the more consistent you are, and that gives you, you know, clutch rate. And of course, if you don't, you know, if you have a clutch rate over seventy, you're good. If you have it over eighty, you're excellent. If you're over ninety, you're elite. Um, the clutch factor changes. So, in that consistency report that is on Big Guy Fantasy Sports, when you put in your scoring method, you'll see the clutch factors calculation. So, if you put in quarterbacks, and let's say it's you know, six points per passing touchdown. You know, if it's four points, it might be 20.5 fantasy points per game. But maybe you put in six points for passing touchdown, it might go up to 22. But the key is, is that what that factor is supposed to be showing is what a player needs to exceed to kind of enter into the top 12 on a weekly basis for quarterbacks, top 24 for running backs, top 36 for wide receivers, and top 12 for tight ends. So, that's what it's there to show. Now, a lot of people say, well, why don't you just say they were top 12 that week so they earned a clutch game? Well, the problem is, is that it fluctuates from week to week. You might have a big week, especially early in the season, where quarterbacks and wide receivers score a lot of points because it's still the weather still cooperates. It's still nice and every even nice in Cleveland. It's still nice in New England. You know, but by December, now that changes. So you know, things will change. So I wanted to kind of get that average over the year so that you could kind of, you know, have a better chance of saying, you know, because a guy could throw for, you know, say 22 points and be 14th that week. Well, that doesn't make sense because that's a really good, that's a lot of points to score. Um, so that's why I wanted to be fluctuated like that based on, you know, the number of, and it also fluctuates based on number of teams in your league. So if you're in a 14 team league, that factor is going to come down. If you're in a 10 team league, that factor is going to go up. So again, it is just based on everything that's uh, involved. And that's the way I wanted it to be so that everybody knows that's kind of where they need to be in their league based on the size, based on the players, based on the number of people, based on the scoring methods. So that's why we wanted to make it that way. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you now all this, all these uh, clutch game, clutch factor, clutch rate. Did you, come up with all of this stuff you're on your own you, mm -hmm. you this is all you, how long have you been making this publication now well this publication has only been out four years but i started this concept in 2002 okay. um, now then i didn't i wasn't that sophisticated i was trying to more just kind of start the idea and then over 16 18 years i've tweaked it and, and fine-tuned it and you know now it's got a web-based scenario where People can see the numbers live, you know, during the season, every week we update the stats so you can see how consistent players are from week to week to week as you're going through the season. So you can kind of identify maybe somebody who's on your waiver wire, somebody that can help you out that may be consistent, but may not be setting the world on fire. And that's kind of stuff that we try to kind of promote and, and tell people. 
look, don't jump at the one-week wonders. That's what's going to kill you. Yeah. If you jump at that guy that scored 30 points this week and you've never heard of him at wide receiver, guess what's going to happen the next three weeks? You're not going to hear from him again. Now, what you want to find is those guys that are getting, let's say, 14 points a week that nobody's knowing is going on because nobody cares about 14 points. They want 30 points. They want the note, you know. But you got that guy that's got some consistency, 14, 15 points a week. That's the guy you want to pick up. Put him on your team. Put him as your flex and get that consistency out of that position that you may not be having out of your regular flex guy at this point. That's kind of stuff we're there to promote. That's what we're trying to show with this this data. So uh, before I get to my next question, is this geared more towards redraft or dynasty? It's mostly redraft. You know, okay. I've had a lot of dynasty people that have said they like it and they want they uh, they apply it to their dynasty league because they use this consistency data to find those players that they can get, you know, trade for that might be consistent because everybody in dynasty loves the shiny new toys, all of the rookies, all the second year guys. I get that. But if you can find those guys that may be in their fourth year and they're just, you know, cruising along in a nice spot, maybe they got 70% consistency, 60% consistency. You, you, you put those guys in there because you're going to need those guys. If some of those rookies don't pan out or some of those young guys don't pan out or they get hurt, that's the kind of guys you can fill in to kind of back end your roster to keep the stability of your team as you, as you go through the year. So a lot of guys in the dynasty world have used it and promoted it in that fashion. So, yeah, I mean, but yes, in in general, it's for redrafts. Well, we all do still play redraft here. I mean, yeah, right, yeah. mostly dynasty focused, yeah. obviously, but redraft right. is important. I feel so mm -hmm. that kind of leads into my next question, which is uh, you have a, a part here, rookies versus consistency, which I think, you know, is very important because, um, Generally in redraft, I stay away from rookies right? for the most part. Uh, Dynasty, obviously, like you said, we like the new shiny toys. So um, looking at some of these guys here, rookies versus consistency, uh, just a chart that you have here just on running back. So uh, the year in the clutch rate, number one overall is Saquon Barkley. His clutch rate was 94%. So big names on here. Right. Zeke Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, Eddie Lacy, surprisingly, right. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Yes, I figured you guys would get a laugh out of that. Leonard Fournette, Kamara. Now down at the bottom of the list, TJ Yeldon ranks surprisingly high too. So the bottom two. Now the one that surprised me for as good as he was as a rookie was Josh Jacobs at 62% mm -hmm. and only edging out. This one actually made me laugh. Zach Stacy when he was with the Rams <laughs> at 64%. Right. So it, it's just um, it's it's crazy, but it just shows you that you know we're looking at the top two guys here, Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel right. Elliott. The, the, these are studs, right? And you knew that they were going to be right. studs, and you knew they were going to be studs. That's the key, and I think right. that's the kind of. I mean, first off, this article is out there every year because this is the question I get every podcast, Bob. You obviously hate rookies because this is about the consistency of guys that have played in the NFL. I don't hate rookies. But what I'm showing in this calculation is that since 2010, when I started tracking this data, almost 92% of the rookies in their first year don't earn over 60% consistency. And you need at least that for them to even be worthy of starters. So what I'm showing is, is that maybe these rookies aren't, you know, what they're at now. You're in the dynasty league. I get it. It's a whole different world. But the other thing is shows is, and, and I've, I kind of highlight this when I talk to people is 
if you look at the running backs as you just did, you notice that the studs are the studs, and you knew that. But notice how the guys who came in like gangbusters their rookie season and then fell off the face of the earth. Let's, you know, Lacey, Doug Martin, Alfred Morris, T. Trent Gale, Richardson, French Richardson, my favorite because he's brown. <laughs> um, these guys fell off the face of the earth. Now, just for fun, I want you to go down to the the wide receiver section. That, that's what I want to talk where, about. Next. Right. This so one's this, fascinating right here. Right. This is where you see every single receiver that has earned over 60% their their first year are still studs in the NFL. Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, even Allen Robinson. None of those guys fell off. None of them. The two last year, Debo Samuels and D.K. Metcalf, guess who's one of some of my top sophomore wide receivers I'm high on? Those two guys. Why? Because it shows that the wide receivers stay consistent if they can start off with consistency. None of the other positions do that. So that's the kind of stuff that you know we want to highlight to people. Say, hey, if you're going to pick a sophomore receiver, these two guys, Metcalf and, and Samuel, both showed that they can do it in their first year. And it shows that these guys, after having a good rookie season, continue that consistency at wide receiver. No other position does that. And then there's only two tight ends. And, and I know that tight ends do take a little bit longer. And right. that was Evan Ingram and Jordan Reed mm-hmm. that had over a six. Right. And he froze again. You're right. <laughs> so, and, and the funny thing is guys like Kelsey, Ertz, Gronk, none of them over 60% in their first year. So again, you know, last year when Hawkinson and fans and all those guys came out and, you know, where everybody was all, oh, get these guys are top, you know, these guys are studs in college. Well, guess what? None. They, I think the highest of the two was uh, Hawkinson. I think he was 25% consistent. So <laughs> definitely don't want to mess with tight ends in their rookie season. It's very, very rare no. that any of them no, usually, break out. Usually don't do anything to the third year anyway because it's just right. a hard – our position for them to lock down as it is. Right. Exactly. Or exactly. So even studs like Fant and Hawkinson who came out and were first round picks just couldn't, just couldn't earn that consistency in the, even in their, in their roles that they had. Yeah. Sorry about welcome back again. Yeah. My internet <laughs> is being very fickle tonight. I see that. Going to have to call RCN, I guess. Um, so well, that's why you have our well, service electric is terrible. I mean, <laughs> Anyway, um, do you do you factor feed the in feed the hamsters? Do you Keep factor running. in um, anything like team changes or additions to a team? Like a, you just mentioned, no offense. So mm-hmm. they obviously added a lot during the draft. Now, is anything like that going to be factored in to stuff I mean, like this? Or are you just right. going on past production? No, I mean past production certainly certainly shows the consistency they have, but obviously it changes in the offense, changes in the you know whatever whatever surrounds that offense. You know whether it's a new quarterback, uh, a better offensive line, all those kind of things come into factors. And so when I'm doing my rankings, I'm moving them up or down. You know, you know for example, Saquon Barkley last year was you know 69% consistent. Well, I'm certainly not going to put him like you know 14th in the running backs. We know that he got hurt and, and injuries and, you know, the line and, you know, there was just all kinds of problems in New York. 
So you know he'll be back and he'll be 90% consistent again this year. But yeah, I look at all that kind of stuff, make sure I put that all in the into the rankings part. I show their consistency, but then their rankings is where I say that I think they're going to be. And that's where that expected clutch rate comes in. So if I have them in a certain spot, like a, a you know, like say an RB2B. Uh, ranking or RB2A, I'm saying that I expect that their consistency will be in that 65 to 70% range. That's what I'm expecting because of what they've either done in the past or what I'm expecting them to do in the future based on changes around them. Yeah, I actually have a question that goes relevant with that. Um, in the dynasty landscape, because um, we're always talking about rookies. Right. And we're always preaching talent over opportunity. And you see it last year with like AJ Brown. We're talking about it again with CeeDee Lamb. Um, we always go for talent over opportunity. With all your experience doing this consistency report, do you find that talent usually trumps or opportunity? To be honest with you, I think it's more opportunity because how can you be consistent if you don't have the opportunity? You could have the most talent in the world, but if you're not getting the ball because there's so many other choices, and C.D. Lamb, I think, is a good example. I mean, he's going to a place where you've got Michael Gallup, you've got Amari Cooper, you know, Zeke Elliott, Jarwin even decent as a tight end. There's just so many weapons. How is he going to be a consistent wide receiver for you? Now, I think they drafted C.D. Lamb because I think Amari Cooper is going to get his walking papers at the end of the year. Because one, I think he stinks. No, I don't think he stinks. I just don't think he's very good. Um, so <laughs> it's the I, same thing. Yeah. All right. Same thing. Because he's not consistent. Um, and I think Jerry Jones knows that. Because I talked to him last year when he was in for Hall of Fame. Uh, I didn't. I was kidding. But <laughs> um, anyway, I just <laughs> think that, you know there's that opportunity scenario. Now, if C.D. Lamb went to let's say um, you know. I don't know. Um, the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles where, the Eagles. yeah, exactly. Oh. You know, if he went to the Eagles, now we're talking about a big story, a different story here where he's going to have a lot more opportunity to get the ball. Uh, and then the talent takes over and kicks in and that becomes a different scenario. So I think it's more opportunity when it comes to consistency. You still have, they're, they're all talented. They don't make it to the NFL if they're not talented. I mean, it's plain and simple. Uh, then it becomes opportunity for them to, you know, get enough touches, get enough targets. That's what you're going to say. Um, Bob, you are a Browns fan, correct? I am because I live in the area. I have you, to be. What do you think about the Ravens? So I think the Ravens are a very talented team. I mean, obviously, Nate's a Ravens fan. I should digress <laughs> <Okay>. that information. <laughs> so you know, I, I, I think we are all shocked by Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, we all knew he was fast. We all knew he could run, um, but we all didn't know that he could throw the ball. And obviously, they they put him into a game plan and a, and a playbook that made him uh, be able to utilize you know short, accurate throws. Uh, use use his legs to make teams kind of you know kind of stay at bay, um, and obviously that worked out great. You know, um, now can he do it again? Will teams be different? Obviously, that's all going to happen. You know, if you don't think he's going to regress, you're you're kidding yourself because we all saw Patrick Mahomes do the same. Plus, you know, I, I every time I talk about Lamar Jackson, the first thing that comes to my mind is RG three. When Robert Griffin came out, he was Lamar Jackson. I mean, he was that stud and he took over. If you look at the rookies versus consistency, he was, you know, 70, 80% consistent that year. Everybody thought he was the second coming of Michael Vick. And guess what? One knee injury later, he's not anything anymore. He's barely a backup. And that's what concerns me about a guy like Lamar Jackson. When you run that much and you're out there, they're gunning for you. And it's one bad hit and you're in big trouble. So that's what scares me. 
I mean, certainly he's got the talent, he's got the legs, and he could put up equal numbers. Um, but it's just, you know, it's one of those where it's like, man, I just I, it just scares me to take him, especially when he's going second round. I, I just I have a hard time with it right now. But, you know, the Ravens are a talented team. They're well coached. You know, they've always done great. Ozzie Newsome has always done great for player personnel. I don't think he's there. I think he finally retired. But, he did, yeah. uh, well, you know, he's actually part of the What's that? He's part of the scout team now. Oh, is, oh, he's still in Baltimore yeah, then. He's so he's still he's still putting his two cents in, which is you know why they've always been so good. Um, so yeah, I mean you know I have a lot of respect, just like I have a lot of respect for the Steelers. I mean they're a great organization. They always do the right thing. They win when they shouldn't. I mean there's no way that team should have made the playoffs last year, yeah. but they you know without Big Ben, without Juju, without I mean, but they did. And that's that's the coach, that's the players, that's the team, that's the you know the management. I have a lot of respect for them, and that's why the Browns don't get as far as they should because they don't have that. <laughs> well, so that kind of segues into my next thing here. So we're your twenty twenty preview, and you do this for all your positions too. You break everything down into tiers, which I like the tier based approach to this. So you could kind of see. Um, it's just kind of fascinating to me. Tier one, there's only two players, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Right. But we're talking Patrick Mahomes finishing with a clutch rate of 71%. Now, here's where I find that fascinating because um, you have Patrick Mahomes in tier one. He finished with 332.35 points. I know he had some he missed right. some time with injury. Right. In tier two, the second player is Dak Prescott. He finished about 60-some points higher, and his clutch rate, was higher at 81% as opposed to 71%. So, Bob, what's the? how can you differentiate between putting Patrick Mahomes in Tier 1 and Rain Dakota Prescott in Tier 2 when Prescott's numbers are better? And he did play right. all 16 games as well. He did. A um, couple things. Number one, Patrick Mahomes the year before set the world on fire. Last year, the leg injury was obviously holding him back even in the super bowl he was not moving around very well when you take that all into consideration and and put him in back to 100 percent health this year you know again this is expected clutch rate is why he's 1a because i expect okay. him to get back into that 90 percent range um dak prescott did this for the first time in his career um you know yeah, they had to throw a lot. He definitely did a great job. New offensive coordinator. But when you only do it once, it gives me a little reservation that can he do it again? And maybe he can hit 80%. And if he does, good for him. And I like Prescott. I'm drafting him in a lot of best ball leagues because I can get him in the fifth round versus Jackson and Mahomes going to the second round. So I, I like mm -hmm. but I just didn't feel comfortable enough to put him with those other two. Um, that was the only thing. It's just, you know, when it's a one, you know, kind of like the one week wonder, there's, there's one year wonders that I go, this guy hasn't done this before. Was there a fluke somewhere? Is there something unique in this scenario? Could he do it again? Sure. But if I'm betting on it and I'm putting a tier ranking together, I just don't know if I could sleep well at night. Um, without a lot of alcohol, knowing that I put Prescott is a 1A. I just don't think I could do it. So I'm going to – my <laughs> next question is kind of two-part. So in putting Dak Prescott in Tier 2 instead of Tier 1, did you 
factor in his coaching change. Frank, you beat me to it in the comments there. Um, and also, was Deshaun Watson being put in Tier 2? Was this written before they traded DeAndre Hopkins? Well, he's in Tier 2, but he, look, notice that he's ranked 8th in my rankings, not 3rd or 4th like a lot of other rankers have him. Okay. Um, so, you know, most that I've seen, even ADP-wise, have Watson at number 4. I have been number eight. So I actually did. This is after the Hopkins trade, and I did drop him okay. down to eight because I don't know if Brandon Cooks can replace Hopkins. I'm worried. Brandon Cooks has a lot of, uh, um, damn, I blacked out, uh, concussion. He, you know, he blacked out too. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah he's blacked out. <laughs> and to be honest with you, at every place that Cooks has been since New Orleans, he hasn't been very consistent in the other spots. And that was playing True. with Tom Brady, Jared Goff. You know, he his best year was in New Orleans when, you know, when they had him and um was I don't know if Thomas was there, but maybe they were both together. But so I I just sure. don't feel comfortable that Watson plus how healthy is David Johnson? What if David Johnson can't play every game? Who's their backup? I, is it Lamar Miller? I don't even know if he's still Duke there. Johnson. Is it okay? Well, Duke, Duke Johnson, Johnson, but he's not a full-time backup. I mean, he's not every down kind of guy. So, you know, they got rid of Carlos Hyde. So there's just a lot of question marks I have about the Texans right now. And that's why I have Watson below some of the old guys. Um, also, I'd like to just take a moment. If anyone from sleeper is listening, I'm going to need you to go ahead and differentiate between players names because I thought I was drafting David oh Johnson. And I didn't. <laughs> I thought I was drafting DJ Moore, and I drafted David Moore uh. last year. So if you could just go ahead and, Maybe you should stop drinking during drafts. That's well, no, you look at the team. The, the, the team was there, yeah. Mike. Well, Thank the you. problem is I'm Thank like, oh, he's still there? Well, okay, with, with Duke Johnson and David Johnson, it's the same team. <laughs> team. So that one, like. Well, the, yeah, the, that, that one, the DJ Moore, David Moore one. That, that one's on you, bro. He's in but the David Moore round. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. David Moore, he I did win me a game last year. That's fantastic. So yeah, I can't stop drink picking him and Madden. Stop yeah. drinking, Michael. I'm so, I'm sorry. This is my first beer <laughs> since Sunday. Actually. Okay, good. So it's been well, it's been during drafts. I'm not saying now. Yeah. Well, you know what? The thing that stinks is most of my drafts take place like everyone's like, "Hey, we're gonna start them at noon on Wednesday," and I'm like, "You know, I'm I'm, I'm at, at work." work. Everyone's yeah. like, "Well, we're quarantined." I'm like, yeah, "I'm still going to it's work. We're essential." I'm, yeah. Exactly. Right. So. Well, just do the best you can. Then you've been on the clock for eight seconds. Right. Uh, hey, you're on the clock. You're on the clock. You're on the clock. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, DJ Moore. I'll tell you. Oh, uh, that's Jason Moore. Damn it. Let, give me a minute and I'll pick. Um, so, Speaking of quarterbacks, so Kyler Murray just had a, a pretty good first year, and then he gets DeAndre Hopkins. Where does he fit in there, Mike? So Kyler Murray is – he's one spot under Dak Prescott, actually, and it looks like um, he had – so he was sixty-three percent consistent last year. Ten clutch ranked, games, right? Ten clutch games, um, <clears throat> which ranked him thirteenth. So I have him fifth, which you know I think is about where everybody has him. Yeah. Um, so I definitely moved him up. Um, but the thing is, is that what, when I've been drafted, I haven't drafted him because so, usually I either don't take a quarterback early. Like I said, I've taken Prescott if he falls to round five. I'm I'm still a little leery about Wilson after his poor consistency last year. And to be honest with you, what I've done most of my best ball drafts so far is load up the first seven or eight rounds on running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And then back to back in rounds nine and ten, I draft Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. And I'm done. I like that. I like yeah. that approach a lot though. 
because yeah. I know that one of those two guys are going to be studs. They may both be studs, but I know that they're one of them is going to be, even if one gets hurt. So that's what I've done in so many – or I take Brady as well as one of my other old guys. So I'm kind of the old guy, so I know that doesn't fit Dynasty because nobody takes guys closer to my age. So we're perfect for best ball. Yes, but it's perfect for best ball because then I know that one of those guys is gonna is gonna have a big week every week. You know, I yeah. mean, you know, or they're both well, but I just uh I, I you know, I think Murray will be very good. I think he'll be in the 70-75% range consistency wise. If you like him, take him. I, I I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, but like I said, I've just found that man, I I, I just can't pass up waiting eight rounds or nine rounds to get Breeze and, and Brady or, or Ryan. I just can't yep. do it. It's just it's hard for me to pass on. Yeah, and I think those are good quarterbacks to bring up, uh, even for dynasty purposes, because teams that are trying to win right now, like those are guys you want. And like, say you're mm-hmm. starting Sam Darnold right. in a one quarterback league, and the rest of your team is just studs, and you have Sam Darnold. Why not go grab Matt Ryan or Drew Brees? For, Why not? Right. I mean, it wouldn't be that expensive. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got a stud week in, week out. Right. 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 So, uh, Sean did say that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. He's come on, Sean. He's not with your team anymore, man. And uh, Frank <laughs> did mention that uh, it's Ryan Matt Ryan's year because it's an even numbered year. So, yes, so that seems story. to be that does. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it, it actually does hold pretty true. But, uh, you know, and talking about punting the quarterback position, um. I've been doing that a lot in startups, even in Superflex, as long as I can. Right. Anyway, um, it's one of those things where everybody goes crazy for these guys. I'm just taking studs at other positions. And a lot of times I'm finding myself walking away with guys like Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger late. And I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. I'm completely yeah. fine with it because Berger will have a great year. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good year. I think he should. I mean, I'm kind of worried just because they they were so successful as a team without him being successful fantasy wise that I'm kind of worried they're going to do it again. That's the only thing that scares me because they still have you know the, the running backs, they still have the wide receiver scenarios. I mean, nothing much has changed. Uh, I'm a little worried about Rodgers. I mean, I can he put up the numbers? He can. It's going to be good enough for you. Yeah, but oh, last year was only 50 percent consistent. That's not good enough, man. Hopefully, I mean, scroll down to I think it's tier four, kids. Jay Sternberger season. I believe in him. Aaron Um, Rodgers was 38% consistent, ranked 26. That's not good enough for me, man. Sorry. All right. Well, hey, look, Bob's proving me wrong. So, um, (laughs) and Sean says um, that he's hitting on Stafford later in rounds this year, and he's okay with that. Yes. Yes. So, one of the things you want to look at was, um, and, and, you know, we, we may get to the X consistency. If we don't, that's fine. But look at tier three, the quarterback 2A. Last year, uh, Matt Stafford, through the first eight games that he played, 75% consistent. That ranked him fourth in consistency at quarterbacks. Fourth. So, yes, Matt Stafford is a great late-round pick. And, again, just like the Breeze and Brady and Ryans, that's another guy that if you want to wait till later, you know, double-digit rounds and grab your back-to-back quarterbacks, get a couple old guys – Stafford's another great selection. Couldn't agree so, more. I do want to talk about X consistency for a second here because you do have Matthew Stafford as um, he's kind of he's right up here in one. And then just looking at you guys, so now with X consistency, it's Lamar Jackson, then Dak Prescott. Right. Um, so here's actually two players that I kind of want to bring up just because their numbers are so close. 
but in your preview, you have them ranked pretty far apart. Um, Kyler Murray and Carson Wentz are like two and a half points apart from each other. I mean, their clutch games are the exact same. Their mm-hmm. games played the same. Clutch rate, the exact same. So um, just that, like, what's the, the difference? Are we talking about, I mean, they both have the same coaching staff coming back, so that's huge for both players. Right. They both added you know, new weapons around them. I do think Arizona did better. Obviously, yeah. adding wide receiver. When you add DeAndre Hopkins, you're getting a lot better. Yeah. So <laughs> in X consistency, they're real close. But in your right. preview, you have them spaced farther apart. And I was just curious about that. Well, like you said, it, it comes down to this. You know, Carson Wentz, I think, did a phenomenal job with the, the, the disaster they had at wide receiver. Disaster is an understatement. By the way, I did see a stat on that Greg Ward, had he played the entire season, would have paced for 74 catches for 600 yards, nice. which is a fantastic wide receiver four yes. on your team. I got you. So, and a good NFL oh, player. Got to right. love Greg Ward. Right. So, so, like you said, the reason Wentz is farther down is because, yes, they added, you know, Jalen Riggers. They, they, you know, they added some players, but they did not add DeAndre Hopkins. Right. And so, you know, I like Wentz. Again, he's one of those guys, if you want to draft him as your backup quarterback, behind with some of the other guys, whether it's Stafford, Breeze, Brady, you know, get some youth in there. In fact, I did a Superflex dynasty, and I drafted I think it was round maybe two, three, three, four. I got Prescott and Wentz just because I like both those guys are younger. They, they have potential for the future, but I didn't have to reach in the first early first round to get a quarterback. So um, I like Wentz a lot. I think he's very talented, but he just had a mess to, to play with. Yes, they've added some new weapons, but it's not like they added DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, so they still don't have they still have a lot of stuff to prove to me that Wentz is worthy of being that high of a pick, and that's why Murray and Wentz have been separated. Okay. Um, Although our very own Chevin does think that Dallas Goddard is going to be their number one tight end on the season, Chev. So you're saying that he's going to be – tight ends. Look at at the numbers. Look at the numbers. You heard that, man. So Chev and Goddard. Ertz and Goddard had the exact same consistency last year. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So – I think running backs, we could just skim through this pretty quick because running backs, we know, Tier 1, CMC, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. Here's the one that surprised me. I want you to touch on this, Bob. So Tier 1, you round out with Alvin Kamara. Now at the top of Tier 2, we have Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, who was the rushing leader last year. And then we have, you know, so we have Alvin Kamara. Well, I'm not going to say that people have soured on. I don't want to say that. But I do see in certain circumstances people drafting Dalvin Cook. I've seen Leonard Fournette drafted above him once, and I laughed. Um, Joe Mixon um, and Nick Chubb have been getting drafted, I feel, higher than Alvin Kamara. So can you explain that what his consistency model is? His clutch rate, 86%, which that's well, pretty if, But Dalvin if, Cook's is 93 Right. So if you remember, I don't know if you guys heard his interview in the offseason that when he said, other than, you know, other than the games he missed because of his injury, that he was running on 75% legs last year. That was Alvin yeah, Kamara. That was Alvin Kamara's quote. Okay. He said, I quote, I was pretty much at 75% all year with my legs. And yet he puts up 86% consistency, ninth in total points, misses two games. How do you not put him in tier one? I mean, yeah. if he can be 100% legs this year, there's no question he's easily right up there with those boys. So I hope I'm in leagues where he falls to number six, seven, eight, 
in the first round and they pick Chubb and Cook. And, go ahead, knock your socks off. I'd be more than happy to take Kamara at round, you know, at, at pick seven or eight. That would be fantastic. Um, so that's why I love Kamara. I just think that, you know, he's way too talented. And if he ran on 75% legs last year and put up those kind of numbers, I have no problem putting him in tier one. I will say, um, I do think Latavius Murray is one of the better handcuffs in the NFL. Yes, and I, I think he actually has standalone value as mm-hmm. running back three or four or a good flex play. Now, Bob, I understand consistency, but I'm going to disagree with you here. Actually, Chev and I are going to go ahead and disagree with you real quick. Okay. At the very bottom of tier four is David Montgomery. So do you factor in a player's offensive line when you when you look at this because Chev – you well, know how that coordinator, bear, I mean, you yeah. can choose whatever you want. <laughs> you know that that line was not bad. The play calling, I don't think, helped him out. So you think that David Monk, he has 38% clutch rate right. last year. No, you're right. And, you know, and it, it is a leap of faith. Um, but I have to believe that they have, I mean, even even somebody as dumb as, as what's the coach's name, Matt? Maggie. Swaggy yeah. Maggie. Right, swaggy naggy. I mean, I mean, outside of Adam Gates, I don't know who's, who's the <laughs> dumbest coach when it comes to running backs. Um, Matt Patricia, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, he, he wasn't that bad. I mean, Carry On Johnson was fine when he was when he was healthy. It's, it wasn't that. But I mean, you I, you have to be smart enough to go look. This is my most talented running back. I need to give him more touches. Um, so that's why I moved him up in, as an RB two, just because I feel like if he can at least reach, you know, 50, 50%, even 55% consistency, he, he makes the top 24. I mean, he was 24th in total points. So the total points isn't the issue. It's just the consistency of doing that. But here's the problem. When you have a garbage quarterback every, and, and let's say Montgomery does start off running like, wow, is not a Trubisky fan sure. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I really garbage with I, I'm going to tell you right now when Chicago <laughs> traded up and stopped Cleveland from picking him, I literally went into tears. I was so happy <laughs> because the Browns literally, I think we're going to take him because he's a Cleveland area kid. Mm-hmm. He's from, he's from, he went to high school in Cleveland. I literally, I, I literally started tearing up because I'm like, yes, we're not going to get Trubisky. Um, and so anyway, <laughs> uh, Hold on, I'm still turning up. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but I just feel like they have to give the ball to Montgomery more. He's definitely talented. He's he has his flashes. Uh, can, is it possible that they won't? Sure. I mean, I'm not drafting Montgomery as my RB two. We'll get to those my favorite RB two guys later. But uh, Montgomery is not one of them. But I just feel like he's got a he's got the ta- you talked about talent versus opportunity. He's got the talent. He needs the opportunity. Yes, Let's hope that Nagy can do that. Yeah, um, and I mean, I think last year we Last year was the worst of the worst. I mean, yeah. I feel like it cannot get much worse than that. And if it does, then we're in trouble. Then Nagy's going to lose. Should lose his job. That's yeah. the only thing I can say. Yeah, for sure. Um, Frank on uh, YouTube pointed out Bill Belichick with handling running backs too. You just you never know who he's going to play. <laughs> yeah, know, but, but he picked hey, one. Here's the one thing I will say about Belichick is that you can rely on James White and James White is getting zero love in drafts this year. I have James White as my RB4 on so many teams I can't even see straight. That's a good RB4. Yeah. All right, so I am just um, 
just paging through here, and I thought I had it marked, and I don't. Um, Sean, we already talked about Adam Gaze. Come on. He sucks. You, you're not paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking at wide receivers, tier one, um, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. We probably could have picked yeah. those four out. We know what those guys are going to do. Right. Um, now, tier two and tier three, these are some guys that I think a lot of us, you know, they, they we seek out. We got Tyreek, Godwin, Mike Evans, Juju, Kenny Galladay is ranked pretty high up here, mm -hmm. which actually surprised me how high he was ranked. DJ Moore, um, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry severely underrated oh, in Dynasty always, every year. I mean, every the, year. the guy always plays. Yep. He's so freaking consistent. I'm actually surprised that his clutch rate's only 75% because I, I kind of expected Yeah, but you, you see his ranking is 75%. He was in the top 12. That is true. And that's yeah. his worst year he's had in four years. Yeah. Uh, right. Rounded out with Julian Edelman, and that's tier two. Um, tier three, this one might be a little shocking to people. Odell Beckham. Mm -hmm. And he had the highest rookie clutch rate in here. I think it was 92% you had him at. So, you mm -hmm. know, two guys that we could say two different positions, Odell Beckham and Todd Gurley, how they've fallen the last couple of years. It's just kind of crazy, you know, and I think Odell has been fairly healthy. I know he had, didn't he have like off season surgery, core muscle? Uh, or something yeah, like that. yeah nothing serious. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, last year in Cleveland was just, I don't even know how to describe it. I wouldn't it was a poop show. When I was yeah. at the Arizona game watching the Browns, it was sad. It looked like they had no idea what was going on. They were just yeah. out there doing it. Um, it was pretty sad. You know, but that's I'm so used to it. As a Browns fan, I just went, oh, <laughs> it's just another oh, year. <laughs> um, but it was just that the hype was so high. In fact, I went to the home opener. You know, I got I got my this guy that it was a business associate of mine. He's like Seventh row tickets, 50-yard line. I am jacked. I am so excited. And we got our asses handed to us by the Titans. And I'm like, Jesus, what is going on here? And, um, you know, it just, you know, the offensive line was putrid, which made me feel bad. It's just, you know, other than Chubb, there really wasn't much to be excited about. And, um, you know, Cream Hunt came in and, and certainly helped. But new offensive line, much improved new coach, you know, I think it's going to be more run oriented even more than before. That's what scares me about Beckham, even a little bit of Landry this year is that Stefanski is basically creating the Cleveland Vikings. I mean, you got two tight ends cause you got Hooper now in Najuku. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it scares, it scares me from a, it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm happy from a Cleveland Browns fan perspective, but as a fantasy guy outside of Chubb and, you know, maybe hunt, I'm a little worried that even Landry may not be as consistent because I don't know if they're going to need to throw the ball as much. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, I, I, I like the team. Yeah. I, I'm always, you know, I'm always excited for the year, but from a fantasy standpoint, I, I'm after being all in on the Browns last year. And I swear I would never do that from year to year. Like don't, but you know, don't get any Cleveland Browns because if they stink and, and then your team stink and you don't want that. Um, and it, it didn't work out that great, but, uh, you know, Beckham, though, from what I hear, he's been in all the team meetings, very excited, you know, not holding out on anything. He's not, you know, he's not copping an attitude. Mayfield has is, is said he's staying out of the limelight. He's focusing on the team. 
we'll see. I, you know, there's a lot to like, but it's still the Cleveland Browns, so I'm always worried. Well, I, think, I think that they revamped their offensive line. I think oh, Baker's yeah. going to be a bounce back type of guy. Yeah, so I think yeah. that was just the main problem with them. He was just he got too cocky, and then when he dropped back to pass, he was back there just getting well, trashed. The one thing they didn't do, which I thought they always did very successfully the year before that, was a lot of those quick slants like Landry, and they could have done it with Beckham. Yeah. And they never did that. They very rarely did that. And that was kind of the thing that Landry and those guys. And here's the one thing that I was shocked it didn't happen. And maybe it did one game. But Landry and Beckham both did a lot of, uh, you know, where they'd hand the ball off and they'd roll out and throw it deep. Mm-hmm. Why would you not do that? a lot in these games. Both of them can throw the ball. They're best friends. You know, you think they would love to throw a touchdown to each other. And they never did that. I'm like, even I thought of that. I'm like, why is Landry not throwing the ball? Why is Beckham not throwing the ball? They've done these in, you know, in prior teams, they both have very good arms for throwing those kind of passes. And I never saw it happen. I was so disappointed. Are those guys up for trade to the bears? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) The bears have some good wide receivers. Beckham to them for Trubisky. (laughs) <laughs> um, we got a couple comments here. Jason White says, "Tighten up." Sorry, Bob. Tighten he's up. A tight, he's a Titans fan, so tighten. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, no, they kicked our ass. I didn't. And um, Mitch, I'm gonna mispronounce your last name. Sorry, pal. Um, Mitch Crayenbrink. I'm hoping that's Cranbrink. right. Okay. Sorry. Also, Mitch, did you get your shirt yet? I saw it was out for delivery today. I checked the tracking, so let me know if you got it. Just type it in the comments. He wants to know, is Cam Newton worth stashing in a one-quarterback league? He has Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, and Dwayne Haskins already rostered. If it's a one QB and you have those guys, I'm going to say no. I Just say use, no. use that. Yeah. No. He's not going to get a consistent job ever again, probably. No. Newton, Newton should really go into the fashion industry for badly dressed people and <laughs> online. There you go. Man. See? You heard I'm it here from Yeah, Yeah, there. what? What's up with that? Some the stuff some of these guys are wearing, man. Don't let my dad see that. Smack you around. Um, <laughs> before we move on from uh, wide receivers, now, tier four, Bob, this was, to me, the most fascinating one, okay? My favorite guy is in here. My favorite wide receiver in the NFL is Cortland Sutton. He's in tier four, 63% clutch rate. Now, here's another guy who everybody seems to love. Robert Woods is in tier four. We got a lot of guys in here that people like. Um, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, a lot of people are high on. I'm not so high on him myself. T.Y. Hilton, DJ Chark, who had a great year last year. Um, Stephon Diggs, Terry McLaurin in tier four. Marvin Jones Jr. and Golden Tate. So tier That's four. The value, the value I mean, tier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you want to talk about value? Like these are yeah. you guys are having these as wide receiver three C. Right. So basically, this is your wide receiver three. Um, so it's tier four, but it's it's your third wide receiver. And I think all of these guys have value in that position. And the reason they're there is because there's so much talent above them. Um, you know, if you look at the guys above them, you, it, it's hard to move one of those guys up. Now, T.Y. Hilton has been a wide receiver one at one point, but last year, 40% consistency, does, you know, Jake Jacoby Brissett. Now we bring in Phillip Rivers. Do I think Tyler Hilton probably will end up being a wide receiver too? Yeah. Do I want to draft him that high? Mm, not really. Um, no. So I'd rather get him as wide receiver three. Now, if if you know somebody takes him before me, you know, I mean, basically every one of these guys in tier four, I'd love to have either, any of them. 
as my wide receiver three. That's where, you know, I, I think is, is the difference is, is you got to look at this and go, who am I going to, you know, take ahead, these guys ahead of when you look at tier three? I mean, are you going to take these guys ahead of Sutton? Are you going to take them ahead of, you know, Michael Gallup may be a, a little bit high. Um, just, you know, and I did this after the draft. I actually had Gallup a little bit higher than that because Gallup last year had the same consistency as Amari Cooper. In fact, he was 1% better. So I actually like Gallup. Mm-hmm. If they didn't draft CD Lamb, I would have probably had Gallup ranked ahead of Cooper. I, think I still think he's going to be fine for this year, though. Um, so, you know, like I said, I, I don't have anything against these guys in Tier 4. This is not a, you know, hey, I don't like these players. I'm just saying these are my wide receiver threes. I think they all have the ability to be wide receiver twos. Uh, you know, Robert Woods has been up there. Lockhart's been up there. Hilton's been up there. I love, I love DJ Chark. Uh, but most of his clutch games came in the second half of the year. So you look at 53% consistency, go, ah, he was okay, but great second half certainly worked out. You know, Diggs goes to Buffalo. We don't know what's going to happen there. McLaurin with Haskins. I mean, you know, John Brown, we don't assume that he'll be 87% consistent again nor do we assume Tate will be 82% consistent, but I love these players as wide receiver threes and they're all going in that general area. Diggs is probably going higher um, than most, than most of these guys, but I love all these guys and I have Tate on a lot of teams. I have Chark, I have Hilton, I have Woods. I have a lot of these guys on my teams as my wide receiver three. So that's where they're sitting where they're at. Well, I'm doing something wrong because I'm pretty sure I have Cortland Sutton as my wide receiver one in some places. So, <laughs> but uh, well, but is that I, dynasty or is that redraft? Well, it's dynasty. Most of the stuff. Okay, that and I again, dynasty. Is, I get it. He's yeah. younger. I, yeah, totally understand from a dynasty perspective that these some of these guys might be ranked higher in your in your world. I get it. Um, so we're just going to move on to tight ends. So tier one. There, there's two here: um, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. And Evan Ingram is in tier one. Mm-hmm. Now, Evan Ingram, you have in here, and he is ahead of guys like Darren Waller, Zach Ertz. This is tier two that I'm giving you. Mm-hmm. Mark Andrews, who I thought for sure would be in tier one. I was thinking about that before I even opened the book up. Mm-hmm. Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, Jack Doyle, who, by the way, with Philip Rivers there, huge steal this year. I'm getting him late in all of the way too many startups that I'm doing. Yeah. By the way, please don't tell my wife because it's cost them a lot of freaking money. Um, (laughs) But I work hard. We're not going anywhere, so we're not spending any money. So it's okay. I can spend it on fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, So draft Jack Doyle late. Yes. You won't regret it. Absolutely. Dallas Goddard and Tyler Higby, they round out um, tier two. So, again, Evan Ingram, 88% clutch rate. That's number two overall. Yeah, and he does. Like again, it, it was all about. It's all about health of Evan Ingram. When he's on the field, his consistency is always over eighty percent. It was like that the year before. I didn't play all of his games, of course. This year, you know, he was seven of eight and goes down for the second half of the season. That's why he's tier one. I mean, it's just it's plain and simple. I can't take him out of tier one when he puts up those kind of numbers. Then the fact that you could draft him in rounds five, six, or seven makes it even more valuable. So that's why I love Evan Ingram between him and Hunter Henry. I think I have one of those two guys on most of my teams because I'm just waiting to rounds five, six, seven. For my Evan, Evan Ingram's opportunity too. I mean, 
you got Slayton. I mean, what else do they got there? Saquon Barkley catching passes out of the backfield. So, I mean, right. really good opportunity as long as he stays healthy. I mean, he's yeah. one of the top guys in that offense. Yeah, Daniel, I mean, Daniel Jones loved him while he was on the field. And like yeah. I said, it's just, there's no reason not to have him. Um, like I said, the fact that he's falling is because people, and I, and I am too, I'm concerned about the health, but he, you yeah. know, he can be healthy and he can stay healthy and play 16 games. Uh, there's no question. He's definitely one of the best out there when it comes outside of Kelsey and Kittle. Ertz has fallen off. Like you said, his consistency matches Goddard. So I, I can't do it. So speaking of which we'll, we'll do that one next. So Chev, here you go. There's your, your bet, like, your right bet was with, was with Porkman, right? Pretty sure it's Nate. No. Nate? Nate. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. Sean, chime in. You're our um administrative official for the Dynasty Rewind. You've just been branded <laughs> it. You, you're keeping track of all that. But I think they're doing some shots over it or something like that. So the only thing that's really different is their ranking and their point total. So mm-hmm. Ertz finished with 214.6. Now, Bob, is this PPR? Yes. This, yeah, this right. Okay. Um Dallas Goddard finished with 146.7. Um, Ertz's rank was four. Goddard's was 10, but clutch games was the same with 10 games played was the same with 15 clutch rate was the same with 67%. So you're right, Bob, aside from, and okay, thank you, Sean. It was with Nate. So aside from the actual point total, you know, it's, I mean, it it definitely could happen this year. Who knows? I think they're going to roll a lot of two tight end sets out again. Like they have been, and why wouldn't you when you have two extremely talented? The only thing, the only thing I would be concerned about is the fact that they added some new wide receivers. So getting you know Jalen Riggers and uh, Here, here's the thing from an Eagles fan perspective, they they got they got Jalen Rager is really the only one I'm excited about. Right. They drafted John Hightower Jr. in the right. fifth round. He's fine. They drafted Quez Watkins. He's fine. They're not anybody that's going to really scare anyone or take the top off the defense too much. They're going to be fine, but they're not. Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, World they have Deshaun Jackson there. He's always hurt. Well, not he's not always yeah. hurt. He was I, hurt last year. Yeah, they like, got um Marquise Goodwin. I was actually happy about that with how cheap they got Mar- Marquise right. Goodwin. Yeah, no, they got him for a song. They added guys, but the way I say it is this. I also buy a lot of tools for my job, but do I buy good tools? You know what I mean? Did I go to Harbor Freight or did I buy him from Snap-on? There is a massive difference between Quez Watkins and the second round, in the sixth round. Well, it's fine if you're just doing right. stuff in your driveway, but I'm beating the crap out of it every day. I know. I got you. I also do not use my tools correctly because I don't have to own them. So <clears throat> it's just one of those things. They added pieces, but are they great pieces? We'll see. I mean, this, this class was stacked, but at the same point in time, all of us had done how many breakdowns. I had to look up who these guys were when they drafted them. I'm like, mm-hmm. who the hell is John Hightower Jr.? the hell is Quez Watkins? Although the name Quez is cool as hell, though. Yeah, right. So I will say that. But um, so you're talking about these tight ends. I think Goddard is going to take a step up. Chev, I love where your thought process is. I just don't know if for this year I can get on board with it. I still think Ertz finishes as the better tight end on the team. Hey, don't worry. Halfway through the season, the train will be rolling around, and we'll, we might pick you up, depending, right. on, depending <laughs> what kind of tools you got. We might need yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. If they're winning games, I don't care who the better tight end is, to be honest with you. I don't really – I don't own a lot of shares of either because I just either never had a chance to get them or the, the price was too much to pay right. for me. I mean, the good thing this year that we haven't seen in, in a number of years is the amount of depth 
of tight end consistency. It used to be like there was three, four guys. If you didn't get one of those three, you got you had garbage. But now you've got a lot of guys like Andrews, Henry, Wall, Mark Andrews, you yep. know. You know, uh, guys like Gasecki who are starting to pick it up at the end of the year, Jack Doyle. So there's a lot, you know, even John New Smith, you know, uh, you know, now that Delaney Walker is 100% gone, now they can rely on him. So I think there's a lot of good depth at, at tight end that you don't have to reach. I mean, yes, Kelsey is a stud, and yes, if you could get him, but you got to get him in the second or third round. Yeah. Um, but like I said, Ingram, uh, Hooper, Henry, um, Walt Andrews, uh, even Jared Cook, 71% consistency last year. A lot of good guys. Higby, who came on in the second half of the year. So a lot of depth out there at the tight end we haven't had in a long time, especially from a consistency standpoint. That makes things a little bit easier to draft a tight end when you want to draft a tight end, not when you need to. And from no, a dynasty you- – oh, sorry, go ahead, Porkman. I'm sorry, Rob. So when you do the consistency thing, do you take into account touchdown dependent type players such as Jared Cook? Because um, he had like he had like one or two catches, but he did get that touchdown. I mean, you know, here's the thing with tight ends: if they can catch a touchdown, they're pretty much guaranteed to earn a clutch game. So yes, yeah. tight end dependency is something, but that also shows that that's the kind of guy that they're relying on in the red zone. Um, and again, with somebody like Jared Cook, nothing's changed. Well, I shouldn't say nothing's changed. They've added Emmanuel Sanders. That might actually hurt him a little bit. Um, but right. and also, you know, man, you know, so this year, but I'm not super high on Cook. I have him ninth. Um, more, like I said, more often than not, I'm drafting either Ingram or or Hunter Henry. Anyway, um, rarely have I needed to kind of reach into the bag and grab grab Cook if I missed out on the other guys maybe in a, uh, a high tight end, like a one and a half point PPR tight end scenario. But yeah, most of the time I, I'm not drafting cook, but he certainly put up solid enough numbers and he's on an offense that, you know, any game he can go off. So, you know, maybe in a best ball scenario, it's better because you can get cook and somebody else to offset that. But right. yeah, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, Again, tight end's a little different when you come you, when it's touchdown dependency because that's that's a big deal. So, um, I, I want to say that tight end tier three is probably my favorite though because these are guys that I love picking up wherever I can. Mike Gusecki, John o. Smith, and Ian Thomas. I mean, the dynasty dynasty world right now is real high on John o. Smith and Ian Thomas mm-hmm. both. Oh, love Ian Thomas, but people are kind of wishy washy on Mike Gusecki. I think. But the talent's definitely there. He picked up last year. Yeah, he picked up last year. He really, especially in that second half of the year, you know, him and and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick were clicking. And let's be honest, let's say Fitzpatrick plays half of the games and then Tua takes over. What is a rookie's favorite security blanket? It's your tight end. So I feel like he's going to continue to be a very uh, prominent, have a prominent role in that offense, even if Tua does take over sooner than later. But you know, Fitzpatrick definitely loved him in that offense. You know, they were clicking between him, Devontae Parker, and Preston Williams until Williams went down. That offense was clicking in the passing game, and all of them were being very were beneficial. But yeah, again, Ian Thomas, you know, I'm so excited about him. I, I, I draft him as a backup, but there's no question. I it would not shock me if he ended up being a tight end one by the end of the year. If um, they use him as they should, because Teddy Bridgewater loves his tight ends. Hmm. Two yeah, things here. Um, 
Nate, I want to ask you this one. Frank Tomko saying Andrews was solid with a low snap count last year. Um, I don't, I don't watch any Ravens games. I'm sorry. So I don't know what a snap count was like. Is that going to get better now with Hayden Hurst gone? Who also, another guy that I like a lot this year is Hayden Hurst. People are sleeping on him in Atlanta. I think yep. he's going to do really well down there. I do. Um, I do. So Nate, his snap count, do you think it'll go up now yeah. that Hayden Hurst is gone? So his, So he could be even better than Tier 2. He could possibly be Tier 1 next year. Yeah, so I think, if I can remember correctly, um, Hayden Hurst and Andrews actually had, like, I think they were the exact same snaps. I think Andrews had, like, one or two snaps more than Hurst. Hmm. Um, I think Andrews' snap count was something like 38%, 40%, something like that. Nick Boyle had, like, 85%. um, (laughs) And he better, and Hurst blocker, like, right? Yeah, he's a really good yeah. blocker. Right. Um, exactly. So Andrews, you know, he really wasn't used nearly as often as you would think with how well he did. Um, and the fact that they didn't draft a tight end, which I really thought they were going to do because they love to have three tight ends, um, means that Andrews is going to see the field a lot this year. Um, I know they invested in wide receiver this offseason, but um, Andrews is going to get – he has to they get think a higher snap agent tight ends yeah they I got Eli Wolf um and Jacob and Breland. Breland I like Breland a lot I think I'll make the team I like Breland too um hey Mitch wants to know do we see any of the aging vet tight ends having anything left Jimmy Graham Greg Olson Delaney Walker and Jordan Lee Reed I'm gonna say Jimmy Graham maybe a little bit he did okay last year Greg Olson eh. um Delaney Walker no Jordan Reed no I like dead. Delaney Walker they're but- all dead to me Walker's not on a <laughs> team. Plain and simple. They're all dead to me. I think, I think Greg Olson. I I do I even have any of those guys ranked anywhere? No, they're none of them are even in my top eighteen <laughs> or sixteen tight ends. No, no, they're all dead. They, they might be somewhere down here in your standard league scoring, but that's oh, not yeah. even you. That's Aaron Pegg. So <laughs> yeah, you don't I, have them anywhere. Yeah, I, they suck. They're all. They're all. They're all as old as me. So. <laughs> I'm still interested in where Delaney Walker ends up. Um, he's still a free agent, as far as I'm aware. And uh, if he ends up like on the Redskins, I think that'd be a good fit for him. I think he could have one more good year. Yeah, maybe. Or that it seems like a real. He just can't stay healthy, though. I mean, he just doesn't have. I mean, his best game last year was Week One against the Browns. He had two touchdowns, and I don't think he did anything the rest of the year. I think he had one clutch game, and that was it. Hmm. Fell off the face of the earth, but. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, if he goes to the right team, the right situation, whether it's Redskins or New England, you know, New England doesn't have a, a veteran tight end um, yeah, true. per se. So, you know, maybe somebody like that going there, kind of like also going to Seattle to kind of help coach yeah. Disley and Hollister and those guys. I could see mm-hmm. Walker going to like New England and helping the rookies kind of, you know, learn the game. But I don't know if he's going to be very productive. So, Bob, before we uh, let you go, uh, just a couple things I want to talk to you about. And I know you didn't write these parts of the book, but um, we got how to use the consistency model with DFS and IDP consistency, which um, IDP consistency. I don't know how the hell you predict that, because, I mean, that that that's got to be so variable. So is there any of that you want? to? OK, so um, the DFS was written by Colby Conway and Ron. Rigney and the right. IDP consistency was written by where did you find these guys? Cause I did, I don't They're know. How from to... Brazil. Okay. By Roy Mauricio and yes, Cal, Rib... 
guys, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I am they not from Brazil. So. I think they're on central time. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so these guys from Brazil um, came to me a year ago and uh, they love the model. They have started their own website and they are basically the leaders down in Brazil, South America of introducing fantasy football to people down in Brazil. And it's very exciting for them. Um, you know, so they have uh, taken down the Jesus statue. They've got me up there over Rio de Janeiro. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they um, love you down there. They bro. love me down there. Um, anyway, so they came to me and said, hey, we noticed you didn't do anything on uh, IDPs. And we wanted to, you know, can you help us how you do the model so we can do consistency for IDPs? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd love to help. So I told them how to do it. And they created, you know, the model and put in the IDP dynasty or uh, IDP dynasty IDP information weekly data and calculated the consistency for the IDP players. Now, you know, not knowing the history before, after, I, I don't know how consistently that holds from year to year. Um, it's something I want to do someday is create the consistency report so you can see past years and then track it uh, until we get to that point. We'll rely on the guys from Brazil uh, but it's definitely gives you at least some kind of, uh, you know, a, a base to look at to see how consistent some of the players were in IDP last year at the various positions. Uh, you know, it's good information. I, I don't play in a lot of DF, uh, IDP leagues. So, um, you know, it's not much I can say other than go to their website. They're certainly, you know, doing more with it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's good information because it gives you some historical data. Uh, when it comes to DFS, uh, Ron and Colby has, has done this the last few years. They use the consistency information to win cash games because by taking that data, they can take the guys like a Drew Brees or Matt Ryan who may be valued less than a DFS format and plug them in because they know that you know playing at home against a bad defense, they have 80% consistency. And they're only, you know, $7,500 a say versus a Kyler Murray, you know. So that's what they've used. And, and it, it kind of – so each each week during the year, they write their articles. They put out their picks of the week, their, their lineups for the week for both FanDuel and DraftKings. They do a podcast uh, each week about their favorite DFS picks on a cash basis, cash game basis. So that's what those are all about. Um, one last question then. Jason White wants to know – Keep, trade, or cut for 2020, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, or Ryan Tannehill? Bob, you were the guest. Thanks, I'm going to let Jason, you go first. Jason, my guy. Uh, Thank you for watching. I mean, I guess I'd keep Baker just because I think he's got the, the best potential. Um, Tannehill had good consistency when the time frame that he played, but that's still a run-first focused team. So I'll put bench and then I'll cut Darnold just because Adam Gates can't coach his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> Chef, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Same thing Bob said. Okay. Nate? Um, I'll mix it up. I'll say that I will keep Tannehill. I will trade Baker and cut Oh, Darnold. trade. I didn't. Yeah, I forgot that. Okay. Porkman? Yeah, I'm with you on the tra- uh, keep uh, Tannehill. I'll trade Baker because you can get a lot for him more than Tannehill, and right. I'm cutting Darnold because uh, he sees He's, ghosts, and I don't want a quarterback that can see ghosts. Totally forgot about He's the ghosts. Yes, I forgot about that. Thank you. So I am going to keep Darnold 
Um, Adam Gase can't be there forever. I'm going to trade Baker because I think you could get the most value for him, and I'm going to cut Ryan Tannehill. So from a dynasty perspective, that's what I would do. So, okay, Bob, thank you so much. We're an hour and 15 minutes in the show. I'm going to have to end it. Let's go two hours. Let's go. I, I, I could. <laughs> and I would, I'd love to. I have been up since <laughs> really the undervalued players. I was going to talk about my two favorite picks, most of Jones. Absolutely. You know what? Go for it. Yeah. Right. I mean, we could stream for up to four hours. So. Oh, okay. All, right, we're <laughs> All right. So two running backs that I'm super high on this year. Um, last year, my man crush was Chris Carson. I had him on all my teams as my RB2, and he worked and out rightfully well. Until he got hurt. I mean, but you well, can't predict that, obviously. Well, that and the fumble problems. But yeah. but my two favorites this year yes. um, in my consistent undervalued players, even though I've got Leonard Fournette and James White there as well. Um, but Raheem Mostert last year in the last six regular season games, was 100% consistent, 17.56 fantasy points per game. And that's not even talking about the playoffs when he just pretty much ran ramshot through the Green Bay Packers. Even in the the Super Bowl, he played very well. Everybody's talking about the fact that, oh, this is a, you know, two-headed monster. Well, it used to be a three-headed monster where Breed is gone. You know, Tavin Cohen's there. They're going to share time. Bullshit. It's not going (laughs) to happen. They yeah. love Mostert. They proved that all the way through that second, that last six games, the all the way through the, the playoffs. This guy is your pick. His ADP is like RB28. You can get him as your wide your running back three. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to put up at least RB2 numbers, maybe RB1. If he can, if he can stay at on least. the field, stay healthy, they're going to give him the ball a lot because that was very successful. That's what got them to the Super Bowl. And, and he's a great pick. Um, Ronald Jones is my next guy. I know a lot of people are all about Keyshawn Vaughn, and I'm sure he's very talented. I'm, you know, but he's a rookie. They had to put, they had to get somebody. Paid Barber's gone, but again, they kept Jones and they didn't go after anybody in free agency because they could have. They could have went and got Gurley. They could have got a lot of other players. But when when Jones touched the ball at least 15 times or more in a game last year, in the nine games that he did that, 14.4 fantasy points a game, 78 percent consistency. I, and his ADP is RB33. Both of these guys, mm. I mean, I've done drafts where I've drafted like three straight wide receivers and a quarterback and got Jones and Mostert as my RB1 and 2. I'm fine with that. Those are those are two guys I just want to make sure everybody knows about because from a consistency standpoint, when they touch the ball as much as they needed to, they both proved they could be very talented. Love those two guys. <clears throat> okay, great. Like Bob, anyone else you want to throw at us then? Um, again, uh, New England, James White, Julian Edelman are getting zero love. Yeah, I'm getting Julian point. Edelman as my wide receiver three on every team. And from a PPR standpoint, I don't care who's quarterback in that team. I could quarterback that team. I'm going to throw the ball to Julian Edelman every time. And James White, because <laughs> they're the two best players I've mm-hmm. got. So, you know, do not forget about those two players just because Tom Brady's there doesn't mean they're not going to get the ball. Belichick loves both of those players. They're going to get the ball as much as they can. And like I said, James White is like RB35, RB40. Julian Edelman's going like wide receiver, I don't know, 28, 30. Uh, he's way down there as well. Uh, don't forget about those two players. I mean, Sony Michelle, I'm not 100% sold on, but those two players are going to get the ball more than everybody should think about. And in a PPR format, both of them are going to put up very solid numbers. Don't forget about them just because everybody else has. Okay. Well, Bob, 
thank you again for coming oh, on. For me. Yeah. It's always awesome to talk to you. Um, Thanks, again, go spend your money because we're, we were all quarantined <laughs> by this. Amazon.com. Go get it. Get it on Amazon. Bob, that's, that's actually huge. I mean, you're, you're working with Amazon. That's awesome, man. You know, you I don't know how do it. it's not that hard. <laughs> Listen, I could, I could barely do a podcast. Okay. So <laughs> I don't have anything to sell either. Um, so it's well, funny because I've had a number of people who have went out and wrote their own magazine, wrote their own guide because I did it a few years ago. Really? And, cool. you know, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of new ones out there. Um, the guys from England, I don't know if you know Stocks and, and Murph, the guys from England that do their fantasy shows. Uh, they wrote their own book and put it out on the UK Amazon and they're, they're selling it very well out there. So it's not that hard. So, you know, if you got an idea, if you got a new twist or new way you want to promote stuff in fantasy football, just do it. You know what? It doesn't cost a dime. That's, that's all it costs is time. You know, you put time into it, you put Mm -hmm. out a good book, you put it out there you know, you may sell 50 copies the first, I mean, first year I sold 65 copies. I was just, I was giddy, you know, and that was just four <laughs> years ago. And last year I sold almost 3000. So, you know, it can grow, awesome. it can do it. So, you know, again, if that's a dream of yours, go for the dream. Wow. It, it, it's again, it, it costs you time. It doesn't cost you a dime. They print it for you. It all comes out of, you know, whatever your, your, your commission or your, your profit would be. But, you don't have to invest anything up front. You don't have to make any commitments. Just put it out there. And, and if it's a new twist and people buy into it, you know, we're all we're all a great community. We, we promote the crap out of each other. And I think that's what's great about this community is, you know, nobody is going to say, I'm not going to promote your book because it'll take away from my book. I don't care. You know, <laughs> let's put it out there, man. The more information people can get, the new twists, the new ideas, you know, that's what this is all about, man. So that's that's what's right. great about this community. So I'm excited about it, and you know I'm glad. Thank you guys for having me. It's always been an honor and a pleasure to be a part of this group, and looking forward to meeting you someday in Canton, Ohio. Yes. So someday. hopefully in 2021. <laughs> but uh, yes, thank you again for having me on the show. It's always always great to be here, Bob. We're gonna get you back Shoot, on. Martin. I I think I mean, we should make this a regular too, thing. And yes, Porkman, you yeah. do some writing for Bob. Yeah, yeah. Philip has been. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate that because that was like a. That was a huge dream for me. It was the first time I saw that thing on the website. Man, I was freaking hyped. I didn't even know how to. <laughs> I didn't you just even know how to. Like, you, stuff. I know life got in the way, and you kind of had to pull back a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah. Hand, foot and mouth from my goddamn daughter from daycare. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah, man, I, I had. I, you know, I, that's the thing. When you get old, see, so you get empty nested. You got all kinds of free time. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When yeah. I, I was there, is you know, I had three daughters, and I, I know the, I know the drill, man. I was, I've been there. Three daughters, man. How loud was your house at one point in time? Loud? I have, no, see, here's the thing. I have one daughter. She is so loud. Really? Oh, my God. Well, my <laughs> wife is loud. So there you I, go. I, I tell everyone all the Bauer girls are big, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get yeah, to talk. I had, this, the podcast the only time I get to talk, to be honest. I had, Everybody bosses all me. All my around. girls were, were re- I guess I'll call them readers. They love to read books. Uh, and Harry Potter was their thing at their, you know, their age. Okay. So, like, my three kids would be in my house. I didn't even know they were here half the time, you know, because they just <laughs> around reading their Harry Potter books. You know, you know I, when my daughter's around, she lets it be known. So, so she'll be the, she'll be the future podcaster. That's good. Maybe she like my wife. I have to tell her sometimes. Like, we'll be sitting on the couch and she's talking to me. I go, honey, I'm right here. 
Like you, you <laughs> is she Italian? Well, she says she's Italian, but I oh. tell her, you know, being just because you're loud doesn't just mean you're Italian. Your hands doesn't make you Italian. Yeah, I, I talk with my hands a lot too. Apparently, I'm not Italian. I don't even know what the hell I am. I'm some sort of mutt. Uh, who the hell knows? But yeah, my house is a little bit different than yours was then, Bob, because yeah, um, I got my wife talking that, then I got my daughter yelling over her. She's 17 months old, oh, so it's geez. like, oh, wow. she likes to hide. Now is her new thing. Oh, okay. And have us come find her. And, and then you don't like, look for her for like three hours. No, we, we, it's hard to not find her because she stands there and keeps going, Dad, Dad. It's like, okay, if you're hiding, you can't keep going yeah, for me because uh, it's worse. So, and that's a lot quieter than what she does. It. So, Bob, glad that your house was quiet. Uh, uh, mine is not. That's but, right. um, Bob, again, you're welcome you're anytime. If, oh, if hey, there's a Friday night that you're free and you're like, hey, I'd hey. love to talk to you guys. Sure. Shoot any one of us a DM. We'll get you on. Beautiful. You know, as long as we're not full up, we could have up to six people on here. So, you know, we'll exactly. gladly have you back anytime. So, but Bob, until your next appearance on the show, Chev, I believe you have something for us tonight. Yeah, I just want to ask a couple of questions too. So, a couple of guys like Pork Man, they, they're really high on Antonio Gibson, and he has a consistent <laughs> rating at about 85. It says rookie season. Where do you see Antonio Gibson? Oh, yeah. And then also, who is the real Jefferson in this draft and consistency? Is it Van Jefferson or Justin Jefferson? Well, go for the jugular, you know, Chef. You saw my numbers about consistency with rookies. You just coming out my neck, bro. Yeah, eighty-eight percent of them make over sixty uh, percent consistency. So, not a lot of love for a lot of any rookies out there. But uh, so Gibson, uh, you know, again, it's it, it's more opportunity with these guys. You know, they've got the talent coming out of school. They're young, they're they're eager, but they got to get the opportunity. So we'll just see if they get that. Uh, Jefferson wise, I, I I guess I have to go with the guy with the Vikings just because he's going to have the opportunity. I mean, he's basically taking Stephon Diggs' place. Yeah. Adam Thielen's on the other side. Teams have to worry about <laughs> Thielen. That puts Justin Jefferson in a much better situation. Um, you know, they've got the two tight ends between Rudolph and, and Irv Smith. So I, if I had to pick one that I think would have a better year. Uh, it probably total points more than consistency. I, I'd have to go with Justin Jefferson. Well, Porkman, it sounds like you better just start taking your shots now, apparently. <laughs> Bro, first I'll take a shot now anyway. Come on, man. I'm just trying to tell you, man. <laughs> I'm going contrarian. You're going to be upset when it happens. Bro. You're going to be drunk. It's something good this year because it's going to be bad. <laughs> when we do um, the pay up for these bets, I think we should do it on YouTube. There you oh, go. Yeah. So oh, we definitely will. So, or the, what's Chef, the you should fly like, out like, here, sir. Forkman have to get new drapes. I mean, what, what's the bet? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like no. I got a um. I think it was like three or four shots or something like that. That Justin Jefferson, Wait, I mean uh, Van Jefferson, will have a better season. That's what happens if you lose? Shit, I'm in. I'll take whatever the loser is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it's a shot of what the other person picks. Is that oh, how yeah. Work that okay. yeah, yeah. That could be bad. Yeah. And Don't do Uzo. Is Uzo still a thing? Well, I, told, I told Chef to drink some Henny and he didn't want any. Mm. I still want to drink Nate. some Henny. I, think I told Nate. Pork, man. We definitely Henny. will. <laughs> so that's expensive. expensive. Yeah, that's expensive. Captain Morgan's like take $12, $12 a bottle. That's all yeah. Like. <laughs> do the works. Yeah, well, we'll just stick with the Jack. There we go. Yeah, he's got the JD. He's good. Um. So, Chev, do you have a verse for us this evening? 
<laughs> yeah, we'll throw it out there since I love Porkman so much. Uh, so we're going to be in a couple verses this week. So First Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And then one more verse is 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. So, I mean, just just in those right now, I mean, in the time Corona's starting to pick up again and then just everything else that's going on, just, I mean, we've been beating it. I've been picking all the love verses that I can find. And I just think that's what we need in this world. We need to love each other, listen to each other and work together to solve everything that we do. Because in our, in our country right now, it's just in mass chaos and love can cure anything. Yeah. Uh, yep. Amen to all that. And it, let me throw in something, if I may. Go so, for it. Because I think this fits in well. So I was at my mom's house today. I've been helping her clean her house up and I was helping her power wash her, you know, siding and that. And she was sitting out in her driveway reading the uh, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. You guys have all heard of that book. And and interestingly mm-hmm. enough, she hands me the book and she goes, read this one. And I, I don't know exactly all the words, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story. So the story was about this, uh, this Afro-American lady who... Uh, her car broke down the side of a road, and this is the nineteen, like the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, maybe. And so she's stranded. It's pouring down, raining. Her car's broke down, and she, you know, it's a back road. And a young young man pulls up, uh, and you know, she says, "Hey, I've got to, you know, get to my husband. And could you please help me?" And this guy who was white, you know, helps her out, which, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, not, you know, especially in the South, not a very appropriate thing, you know. And so anyway, so he picks her, he takes her, takes her into town. uh, He gets her set up, um, you know, gets a tow truck, gets her on her way, sends a cab to take her to where her husband was. And so the story was the uh, a couple weeks. So she got the guy's address. A couple of weeks later, uh, this the, a, a delivery shows up with a brand new television uh, for this guy, and there was a note that says, "Thank you for being there for me. You know, because of you, I got to visit my husband before he died." Signed, Mrs. Nat King Cole. Oh wow. wow! And that right there is exactly what should be done every day. It should not matter. It should yeah. not be a big deal. This is not what this is about. Our world is way past this. Um, you know, in the 1950s and 60s, that's one thing. Today, that shouldn't even be an issue. That shouldn't even be discussed. It has nothing to do with that. And it, it's a shame that it has to be that we get to this point and we have to go through this stuff and, and have to fight through this and, and have to, you know, walk on eggshells around everybody of different colors and races and, and religions. Come on, guys. We're all created from the same God. We're all here for one reason, and that's to help our brother. And thank you for those those verses. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, Chev always does a great job with that. Um, I know we switch it up sometimes who does it, but um, Chev, you hit the nail right on the head. You've been talking a lot about love. We have to spread some love tomorrow. I want to remind everyone who's listening, hope. And he froze. Garrett Price's oh. 30th birthday. Our very young Garrett Price. Yeah, he is going to be 30. So um, he is no longer allowed to say bruh after tomorrow. Um, I've decided that that stops when you're 30. Um, So make sure you inundate whatever social media platform you have. Um, If you have his phone number, text him. If not, contact me. I'll get it to you. Um, 
make I will not give out Garrett's phone number. Hit him up on Facebook <laughs> if you're friends with him. Um, you could tag him, I think, in the Dynasty Nerds um, Facebook group. He's in the Dynasty Rewind Facebook group. Um, hit him up on Twitter. Show Garrett some love. He is the big 3-0. He's still America's sweetheart. So, Garrett, happy birthday to you. Hopefully you're listening to this. Um, I know he had some plans going on. I was actually trying to get him to come on tonight. I was going to surprise you, Bob, because, um, you know, first time you were on, it was uh, you, me, him and Chev. So oh, nice. fortunately he did have something going on, some early birthday plans. So yeah, I did try, um, but make sure you give Garrett some love tomorrow on his birthday. Um, also never give me love on my birthday. Cause I hate my birthday and I won't tell you when it is, but until I'll next, until Bob, until we see you again, right. where can we find you on Twitter and where can we find all your other works? Uh, at Bob underscore lung is where you can find me on Twitter. Of course, big guy fantasy sports, where you get all of the best consistency information that you can get all the different tools, the, uh, consistency guide, PDF tier draft list, everything you need right there. And of course on Amazon, get the hard copy of the book and it'll send it to you two days. If we have Amazon prime. So thanks again yes. for having me guys honor. And, uh, thanks again for the great uh, verses as well. Bob, the honor is all ours. Um, yes. I rarely advocate spending money. I will tell you that. Go buy the consistency manual. Please do. Um, Chev, until next week, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Chev Boyardi, boy with an eye. And Nate, who looks very tired tonight, um, where can we find you on Twitter? <laughs> you can find me at NFL. Nate Too NFL. Much. Gosh, I'm just, I was playing golf today, and I was so bad at golf. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Listen, Everyone's going to be texting you. Hey, how is Mike at golf? Well, when he got it off the tee, he was okay. That's what you're going to be saying to people. He, so. he had to pull his pants down a lot. He didn't get Ooh, past the dude, that's, <laughs> not that's not good. And Porkman, where can we find you on Twitter? At FF Porkman. I'm surprised you didn't tell me I was tired. Well, we know that you got those small eyes. So, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And if you are so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at the Empower 85. I would prefer you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us a nice rate and review. And until next week, everybody, be kind. Be kind. I can't even say my corny log off face. Be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Sean, we appreciate you too. Till next week, everybody. Thank you again. See you.